Welcome to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers. We're continuing our uh, conversations with the uh, number of candidates running for mayor here in Colorado Springs. Of course, there are a dozen that will be on the ballot for the uh, upcoming April election. Excuse me, I had to uh, unplug and uh, unmute the other mic here. Shannon left it muted in the station, in the studio this morning. But uh, continuing our conversations today, joined in studio by Tom Strand, one of the dozens of candidates running for mayor of Colorado Springs. Tom, thank you so much for joining us here on KRDO News Radio. You're welcome, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And, you know, let's talk a little bit. Uh, kind of the first big question I have is who exactly is Tom Strand? Tom Strand, uh, he is a guy that, uh, you know, is a son. My mother is 94 years old and okay. lives by herself out in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and a brother to uh, an older brother to a sister and uh, a brother that also live in Ohio. Uh, I have three children, uh, and they're spread out uh, between uh, Austin, Texas, uh, Detroit, Michigan, and uh, Fort, uh, uh, Fort, uh, what am I thinking of up in the northeast part of our our state here, Fort Collins? Fort Collins. Yeah. Uh, and I'm married. Uh, I had a 30 year Air Force career as a JAG. I was a lawyer in the Air Force. Peterson Field at that time was my first assignment. Uh, so I got here in the 70s as a brand new JAG. Uh, since then, uh, I've had a long career in the Air Force. Retired uh, about uh, 18 years ago, and uh, I've been on the uh, District 11 school board, where I was the president of the school board, uh, served about six years on the school board. I have now been on city council for eight years, term limited in April. You can serve two four-year terms. Uh, and uh, during that eight years, I've had all four leadership positions uh, on the uh, utilities board as well as city council. So I've been vice chair and chair of the, uh, uh, of the utilities board of directors and uh, then uh, President Pro Tem and President of City Council. Uh, and that's where I sit now as I'm running for uh, the mayoral position here in April. Absolutely. And, you know, when we hear so many, uh, especially veterans who make their way back to Colorado Springs as far as just wanting to, you know, make this kind of their permanent spot after retirement, what was it about Colorado Springs that uh, drew you back after your time in the Air Force? Well, I, actually, it was my wife that wanted to get back here. Uh, I was actually thinking that it would be great to get back to Ohio, the Buckeye State, but uh, she uh, had a small business here, a special ed teacher and a speech and hearing therapist, and wanted to come back uh, to Colorado Springs. And I always remembered it as just being such a wonderful place in terms of biking and hiking. And my big plan at that time was to catch trout and lower my golf score uh, out at the Air Force Academy. So, yeah, we came back in, two, in uh, 2005, uh, and it just seemed like the right place to come back. And now it's the longest place I've ever lived in my life, and uh, it is my home forever. Yeah, and, you know, we hear about that kind of continued service. Obviously, a number of our military men and women, you know, have that service to our nation and kind of instilled during their military career. And then kind of transition that to find some way to go back and serve the community as well. And talk about kind of your, you know, getting involved and really wanting to uh, give back and continue serving even after you retired out of the Air Force. Yeah, when I retired, I just noticed in District 11, I live in Old Colorado City, so I live within the District 11 area. Uh, there were a lot of issues uh, in in that time frame, 2005, 2007, about how we were going to do charter schools and how, you know, you know, I've always been in love with pub, the public school system. 
At that time, District 11 was the largest district on the Front Range with about 32,000 students. And uh, there just seemed to be a lot of bickering about things that didn't directly relate to the students or their families. And so I ran for uh, the District 11 school board in 2007 uh, after being uh, appointed uh, early on in that year. And uh, it was all about what we could do to make school more relevant to our students and provide, uh, you know, opportunities so that they could have careers, you know, not only in the professions, but in things like construction. Um, So I was anxious to get involved with the school board, did that about six years, uh, and then uh, unfortunately lost my wife to a brain tumor. Uh, So I had to take a year off uh, while we were getting treatment up at MD Anderson and Cleveland Clinic, and uh, then came back in 2015 um, to city council. And the thing that got me interested in that was it seemed like city council and the mayor were not working together. Uh, there seemed to be at that time frame with our first strong mayor, Mayor Steve Bach, um, kind of a rift between the city council members, the legislative branch, and and the executive branch. And of course, um, Mr. Bach, Mayor Bach, was the first strong mayor that we had in Colorado Springs, uh, starting in uh, 2011. Um, you know, and and then Mayor Southers has now been in that position for eight years as the second strong mayor. But uh, I just thought, you know, we could work together and collaborate better. And so that's what we did when I got in in 2015. Absolutely. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with Tom Strand, a candidate running for mayor. We're going to talk more about that kind of office of mayor, the decision to run, and some of those uh, kind of intricacies uh, that you'd mentioned as far as the relationship between mayor, council, et cetera. That's on the uh, other side of this break right here on KRDO News Radio. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I am your host, Andrew Rogers, joined in studio by Tom Strand, a candidate for Colorado Springs mayor. Of course, the election coming up on April 4th right now. We know the uh, clerk's office is going to be getting those ballots out here within the next few weeks. Uh, dozen candidates on there, so we're trying to get a little bit of highlight out from everyone. Tom, we talked a little bit during the first segment about your background, so I guess our next big question is why decide to run for mayor? You know, Andrew, uh, I'm running for mayor because uh, after spending eight years on city council, and as I mentioned earlier, in all the leadership positions, mm-hmm. both from the utilities as well as city council, we're dual-hatted. So we're over at the plaza for the utilities, uh, and, and we're in the middle now of selecting a new CEO for utilities. Uh, pretty good gig, about a half-million-dollar uh, paycheck for the CEO of yeah. utilities. Uh, and, uh, and across the street at City Hall, as I'm president of City Council now, I, you know, I know all of the players in the city over the last eight years. Um, on my third police chief, on my third fire chief, um, you know, I know the public works and parks folks. Uh, they've The parks and rec uh, person, uh, Britt Haley, has taken that position recently. So to answer your question, I just feel positioned that I know how the city operates, I know about our budget. When we started our general budget in 2015, when I was first elected, uh, it was uh, about $280 million a year uh, for the budget in 2015. In 2023, it's $420 million, uh, mostly because people are out there buying from Amazon and home deliveries uh, in terms of the sales and use tax. So people have done pretty well the last eight years. It's been a successful time. I think for both Mayor Southers and for me to be in office, 
uh, economically and financially. We, you know, came out of that recession in 2008 to 2010. And ever since then, it's kind of been upstream ever since 2015. So I feel that I'm in the position where I know all the players. I know what the big issues are in the community. Um, it's not going to, I know what the mayoral position takes in terms of the demands of time, uh, which are pretty incredible. Uh, Mayor Southers has, uh, you know, really been at all the ribbon cuttings and, you know, all the big events where he gives speeches uh, constantly. And so it's, it's a very demanding job. Uh, and I feel that I'm ready for it and prepared to do it because of my last year, uh, last recent eight years on city council. Yeah. And, you know, let's go back to uh, 2015, as you'd mentioned that, uh, you know, kind of coming into that, the uh, first term for a strong mayor under a uh, mayor Bach kind of had some, you know, tensions to put it easy yep. between uh, the mayor and council kind of getting adjusted to that new position. So, uh, you know, how do you see that relationship going and where can it go in the future, knowing that uh, everything is continuing to move and evolve? Yeah, You know, city council and the mayor obviously depend on the personalities that are sitting on there. And when Mayor Bach was the, the first strong mayor, I think there were personalities on city council uh, that uh, uh, caused some friction. Uh, and, you know, the legislative body over in City Hall, we make the budget and make all the policy decisions, but it's that mayor, especially the strong mayor. But you know, prior to Mayor Bach, we had a city manager mm-hmm. run the day-to-day operation. With a strong mayor running the day-to-day operation, um, it's a very active and busy position. And uh, I think we learned that from 2011 to 2015. When Mayor Southers came on, and I, I agreed with you know his campaign's uh, you know issues. One was collaboration between council and the mayor's office work together, not at odds, make sure that we're, we're coordinating. And Mayor Southers has come over, you know, he comes over to City Hall at least three or four times a month. Um, he includes council members on selections for uh, the police chief and the fire chief and the parks and rec director. Um, he constantly gets us involved uh, with updates as to what's going on with funding for the city. And, and for grants that we're getting uh, in our police and fire department. So I think that's changed. So the three big things we worked on in 2015 was collaboration and cooperation between the executive and the legislative branches. The next thing was, you know, get this 2C passed and fix roads and bridges and potholes and our infrastructure. There was a huge infrastructure um, backlog that we had to take care of in our city. Uh, 2C and 2C2, I think, have done a terrific job on our roads and gutters and and curbs and things of that nature, even our sidewalks to some degree, although that needs a lot more work. And and then the other big issue was jobs. You know, bringing people into Colorado Springs, uh, you know, some headquarters, but, you know, businesses that would hire students, not only from, you know, uh, our high schools uh, like Rampart or, or uh, you know, um, Doherty and things of that nature, but also from our universities, uh, UCCS, Colorado College, and uh, now the community college, which is a state college, uh, to ensure that those students, once they graduate and they have associate or bachelor's degrees, don't go to Denver or Texas at, at worst, but stay in Colorado Springs and find jobs in Colorado Springs where they can thrive and, and have great lives here. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned as well that dual role that council plays also as the board of directors for Colorado Springs Utilities as well. What involvement does the mayor's office have as far as uh, kind of anything with our municipal utility? 
You know, generally not much. Uh, the chief of staff, Mr. Green, and he's been the chief of staff throughout the eight years with uh, Mayor Bach, uh, Jeff Green, and he attends all of our uh, monthly board meetings that we have for utilities. Uh, but it is a separate organization from the city. Okay. Uh, and uh, as a separate organization from the city, you know, we need to have an arm's length relationship. It is a the budget for the utilities, which is a forest service utilities, water, wastewater, gas, and electric, is about $1.6 billion. Um, and, uh, you know, the relationship that the mayor has with that board is is a real arm's length relationship and, and not closely involved. All right, perfect. Just uh, wanted to clear that one up. So kind of taking, um, you know, look at what you've seen over the past few years working on that uh, really phase of collaboration between council and the mayor's office. Is it safe to assume under a strand administration that that would continue or what would you see kind of different as far as uh, how you would be potentially leading the uh, city versus how we've seen uh, Mayor Southers do it? I know, don't know, Andrew, that that'd be that big of a difference. It's just that I've had experience with utilities uh, we're hiring the third CEO since I've been, you know, came on board in 2015. And so I think I have an understanding of some of the issues. Uh, the big issue now that we're dealing with is this water. Do we have enough water for the community with the growth that we've gone through? Uh, when I got here, uh, you know, in the 70s of, of last decade, uh, we were probably about 130,000 people. We we're probably about 150 square miles. Now we're 200 square miles, a half million people. So water is a huge issue. And I think the mayor needs to you know, be involved with understanding uh, the, the degree that we have to have more conservation. And we have to be real careful with our growth, uh, especially with annexations where we're annexing property outside the 200 square miles. Uh, that was the big issue that we've had the last several months uh, with an annexation on the south side of town. Um, I think the mayor just needs to be very uh, aware of the, the challenges that utilities has and, uh, and at least be there so that he could be supportive of what we're doing in the future. Absolutely. And, you know, you'd mentioned in uh, 2015, one of the big issues that really was front and center as Mayor Southers took over was that infrastructure, the need to uh, fix the roads, get uh, that 2C voter passed um, tax initiative in place to really start working on that. What do you think as far as the uh, big issues facing the incoming mayor, um, whomever it is, elected? You know, I, I mentioned, you know, the goals, and I, I think back both to 2015 and 2019 when I was reelected to council, and it, again, it was about, you know, what we're going to do about infrastructure, mm-hmm. you know, bridges, roads, potholes, things of that nature to make our community strong, uh, and uh, the relationship between council and, and the mayor and the jobs for people and bringing in uh, through our Chamber of Commerce. Let me tell you what I think going forward is. I think I want to make Colorado Spring the safest city in the United States. That might sound a, a little bizarre or a little strong, but I want us to focus on safety. Um, last year, we had more homicides in this city than we've had since 1985, um, roughly about 55, 56 homicides. We've also had about that number of people killed on our highways, on the roads and streets. So public safety is my number one goal going forward. We currently have about, given on any given week, you know, somewhere about 750 sworn police officers in CSPD. We need another 100 sworn police officers immediately. 
How do we do that? I think we get involved with a different kind of a recruiting, maybe recruiting from other cities where people are trying to maybe leave bigger cities and come to an area like Colorado Springs where we've got this beautiful, uh, you know, Pikes Peak Mountain in the background. So for me, it's making Colorado Springs the safest city in the United States. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and, And that involves our fire department. You know, our fire department, when they get a call, 80% of their calls are not structural fires. 80% of their calls are health-related. And so ensuring that their team of, of emergency, you know, responders that are health-oriented, and maybe in some cases mental health-oriented, you know, not just physically-oriented uh, with uh, the, the uh, uh, trained uh, people that we have, uh, we've got to make sure that we're ready to take care of those calls. And a lot of that deals with safety and what we're going to do to protect our community. Absolutely. Well, we have a short break we have to get to. Again, update as far as our top local and national headlines. Tom, uh, if anyone during this break wants to get more information quickly, how can they uh, learn more about you? Yeah, they, they can learn more about me by uh, contacting uh, my uh, you know my email address, which is tomstrand19 at yahoo.com. Perfect. We'll continue our conversation with Tom Strand, candidate for city council, as we continue here on The Extra. Again, we have a check of our top local and national headlines still ahead right here on KRDO News Radio. Welcome to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio, continuing our conversation with Tom Strand, candidate for mayor of Colorado Springs. You know, we talked a lot about your background and the job as far as mayor. Tom, let's talk about Colorado Springs itself, some of the big issues surrounding the city. Let's pick up where we left off talking a little bit about public safety as well. And obviously I've asked the other candidates I've spoken to about this, but the nation's still reeling after the uh, release a couple weeks ago of that video out of um, Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, of course, you'd be working very closely with uh, Chief Vasquez right now. What do you see as far as uh, maybe making sure that our policies are as modern and up to speed protecting the uh, citizens as well as uh, continuing to enforce law here in Colorado Springs? You know, Andrew, again, I, I think making this city the safest city in the United States is a great target and a great goal. And it's so important that, you know, people feel comfortable whether they're going to ATMs uh, or whether they're walking their dogs, uh, you know, during the evening hours. Uh, people need to feel safe. And, and my thought is uh, I think the Neighborhood Watch program needs to be updated it's a program in all of the neighborhoods. You see signs up in Old Colorado City and the Old North End. Um, you know, our growth has obviously been north and east uh, as we've gone forward in the last decade or so. Um, we, we need to get, in my opinion, we, we need to hire another 100 police officers as quickly as we can. I think a lot of people may not understand that uh, a new police officer in Colorado Springs starts out at about $70,000. I don't think it's a compensation package uh, that is drawing them. I think it's an environment where people don't respect police officers uh, to the degree they should. They don't thank them for what they're doing. And most parents probably aren't going to encourage their daughters and sons to become police officers because they're putting them in harm's way and they're putting them in an environment where there's, there's a lot of criticism about what's going on. I think we need to work really hard at changing that. You know, getting us up to about 850 sworn police officers, having, you know, our 911 system updated. I'd like to see more police officers on motorcycles and on bicycles. 
Uh, I'd like to see more police officers walking beats, especially in, in the crowded areas and, and commercial areas like downtown. Um, this is just something that I would put a lot of focus on. Uh, Chief Vasquez, uh, I was part of the team that uh, interviewed him uh, for his job. Um, he uh, has worked his way up through the police uh, system and has been a career police officer of following um, police officer Pete Carey, uh, who I also knew. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this is a situation where I just think we need to put a lot of effort in our public safety, both fire, police, and for our folks that are working emergency management. Uh, that, you know, we've combined the county and the city offices for emer- the emergency management office, which generally dealt with wildfires and flooding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is an area that's just going to take a lot of effort. And I think with the, the mayor, you know, involved with uh, the police chiefs, the fire chiefs, uh, the emergency management director, uh, it's going to make a big difference in terms of how the public sees uh, that as a priority in Colorado Springs. Yeah. You know, you mentioned as well that need for more uh, police officers, more firefighters. We also know that uh, even in the budget right now, there is uh, plans for more uh, substations as well, especially knowing the uh, growth we're seeing towards that north and east. Let's uh, shift to that growth. And how do we continue to uh, manage this responsible growth, knowing that we are becoming more and more of a destination community, but not sacrifice and you know maybe get a little bit too big for our bridges and kind of get over our skis? Yeah, I, I think that is a very important issue. Uh, I was on city council when we approved the annexation of Banning Lewis Ranch. You know, 25,000 acres uh, out near the airport, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, the east part of our city. I, I think you're absolutely right, Andrew. It, we have got to be very careful in terms of how we manage our growth and development. How, you know, what kind of annexations, if we have any annexations we have, are they going to be ones that are contiguous to the Colorado Springs 200 square miles that we have? Um, the one that's been proposed, Amara, which is out, you know, near Fountain, um, is called a flagpole annexation because it's on one of our highways that Colorado Springs, you know, uh, controls and, and uh, oversees. So I think you're right. I think we've got to look at future annexations to ensure we've got the utilities to take care of it and the public safety. Do we have fire and police? We're looking at two new uh, fire stations that we're going to put out in the Banning Lewis Ranch area uh, to take care of that. Uh, it's something that I think we have to be very cautious about. And there are a lot of community members who think that we need to slow down our growth and development uh, to an area where we take care of residents and citizens that already live here, mm-hmm. not ones that are coming in in the future. Yeah, and you know, housing obviously comes with that as well. We still know, uh, luckily, we've had a little bit of that slowdown in the market, but we're still looking at uh, really a smaller amount of uh, homes on the market right now and that need for housing here in Colorado Springs. So how do we do that and kind of knowing that we have very limited options aside from growing, especially towards the north and east? Yeah, you know, Andrew's great question. The, the whole affordable housing issue, which has kind of raised its head during my eight years on city council, is critical. Uh, I worry about young uh, couples, uh, you know, in terms of people that are making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, but that you know they're they're together, so there are two people together that can't afford, you know, a single family home or can't afford the rents, which have gone up into two thousand dollars a month 
Um, you know, now a single family home of $450,000 to $550,000 is out of reach, especially with the interest rates that have, you know, occurred in the last year. I think what we can do, um, we've got uh, Mr. Posey, who works in, in our community uh, kind of development area of, of our city government. Uh, we, we get different funding uh, from the federal and state level. I think we've got to look at maybe tiny homes. You know, as an option for people where you've got a home that might be uh, a thousand square feet rather than four thousand square feet, uh, I think we've got to look at how we can fund projects for multifamily homes for apartments. Um, I think affordable housing is another key issue that we've got to put our full attention to. I think the mayor can get involved with working with the governor uh, even more closely, and our U.S. representatives that we've got in Washington D.C. Um, We've got to make this an area that allows people to live and, and afford housing, and especially teachers, uh, firefighters, uh, police officers, uh, people that are working uh, in uh, restaurants. So affordable housing is the top of my list uh, after, uh, you know, after making this the safest city in the United States. Absolutely. With that growth, of course, comes water. You hit on that a little bit earlier. And uh, we know the council currently discussing uh, some proposed water rules when it comes to that uh, even discussion of annexation. You, of course, on record as uh, one of the dissenting voters when it was initially the 130% rule, now scaled back to the 128 rule. Let's talk a little bit about that future need to uh, really protect a very valuable resource. You know, Andrew, I, I learned a real lesson. I came on board, like I say, in 2015 when the Southern Delivery System was being set up from Pueblo. And the thing that I've learned is we have a delivery system for water that I thought would take care of populations up to, you know, six, 700,000 people in our city and maybe 20 years in the future. But the delivery system is just a system that brings water, you know, from the south to Colorado Springs. It doesn't provide water. You know, having the water uh, with the Arkansas River and the Colorado River are, are, you know, huge issues that are really problematic that we have to focus on going forward. Um, I think, uh, you know, we've we've done a, a great job with conservation, you know, people planting the right kinds of, of vegetation in their yards and, and whatnot for water. But we've got to be really careful that we can provide water so that, you know, people understand that they're secure and that every time they turn on the spigot, they're going to have the water that they need or take a shower when they take a shower. Uh, but I, I kind of felt that we've been a little too conservative. Uh, in 2017, we did the last uh, water plan for Colorado Springs, uh, and that's now six years old. Uh, that plan pretty much indicated we were in great shape for water going forward for the next two decades. I think we need to review that uh, 2017 uh, water study that we did, water plan, and we have to look at other options that we're going to have for getting reservoirs, for buying water from other places, you know, on the western slope. Um, I have learned a lot by being on, on the board of directors for utilities about what we need to do for water. I'm very concerned, though, that uh, we don't want to have a monopoly in our community about builders and developers, the ones that have already got theirs. And we have to look at options so that people, the land that is on the outskirts of Colorado Springs is available to build more housing. Absolutely. Well, we have a, another quick break we have to tend to. We're going to continue our conversation with Tom Strand still ahead right here on KRDO News Radio. 
Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. Continuing our conversation with Tom Strand, a candidate for city council. You know, we talked a lot about some of the issues, other issues that I know are big on a lot of people's minds and unfortunately kind of become a little bit of campaign fodder as uh, kind of following these elections year after year. That, of course, being the uh, the homeless issue. So uh, what do we need to do to, uh, you know, protect our public infrastructure as well as uh, protect these uh, other individuals within our community? You know, again, a great, great uh, question and an area that we have to put a lot of attention into. Uh, We've currently got uh, two hot teams, uh, homeless outreach uh, teams with the police department that kind of work with uh, our our homeless populations. And and there are different segments of that population. I remember in 2015 when we did the February kind of counting number situation that we had maybe close to 2,000 homeless people at that time. And the latest one that I've seen takes us to about 1,400, which would appear as though, you know, that population is declining. Uh, I'm not sure that's true. Uh, Every time I drive around the community and I see, uh, especially near our our creeks and under our bridges and things of that nature, I even noticed uh, walking over here near KRDO that uh, looks like some homeless might be camping out nearby. I, I think there's three groups that we have to focus on. And, and one is the families. You know, if you have, you know, either single single father or single mother families with children, uh, the Marion House has really reached out to that group to try and make sure we can help them. Those are the ones that I think have been thrown into this situation of being homeless or, you know, jumping from couch to couch. Uh, if they have friends in the community that we can make a big difference in providing services and support for that group. And then there's a group, you know, that includes a lot of the males that, uh, you know, may have issues with substance abuse, uh, whether it's alcohol or drugs, uh, you know, or may have behavioral mental health issues that we can really help them with. Uh, I think organizations like, uh, uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, Mount Carmel uh, that deals with veterans, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, our group that we've got on the south side of town with uh, uh, the southern, uh, 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 trying to think of our big group where we house people out there. Um, and, and you know, during this cold snap that we had, they were taking, uh, you know, up to a thousand people a night mm-hmm. uh, that they could take into their yeah, and yep. we know uh, even with that that uh, there's still that ongoing conversation. We've spoke to members of the hot team here at KRDO as far as, you know, it almost seems like you that old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink as far as seeking shelter, things like that. So, I mean, what, you know, kind of different approaches can we take? Because obviously, you know, signs, ordinances, things like that can work to a certain extent. But uh, really, when it comes down, you're still dealing with, with a human and a people problem. We, we are, and I was on council when we passed the ordinance concerning how close to any kind of water, uh, you, you know, they can be. Uh, and again, the hot team, and I think we need probably two more hot teams. Uh, so we've got to find more police officers that really want to work with the homeless population. That um, There is a group, I think, of people that are homeless that want to be, you know, they want to live outdoors mm-hmm. and, and they don't want to be bothered and they want to have their own kind of camp situation. Uh, we have to be really careful with that group. I think some of that group are, are actually criminals. 
um, that, you know, we need to take into custody, you know, for what they're doing. So the homeless population is is very complicated and diverse, but we, we need to focus on it. We need to work with it. Um, I think, um, you know, as, as we work at different options that we've got, um, the mental health and, and the substance abuse are ones we need to focus on. Absolutely. Tom, we've got about two minutes left here. Is there anything big that uh, I haven't touched on or brought up that you'd want to make sure we uh, bring up? Yeah, I, th- I think there is, uh, Andrea. You know, we, we've worked on our potholes on our streets. One of the things we haven't done, especially in the old North End and old Colorado City, are our sidewalks. Uh, we have people that are in wheelchairs and walkers that have to go into the street because the sidewalks really need to be repaired and fixed so that people can use those. Uh, the, the other thing I think we need to work, really focus on is to help people uh, find opportunities uh, for jobs uh, and, and to work with our chamber and, and to make sure that we've got a strong environment. Uh, parks and recreation is something that ever since the recession has taken a, a kind of a, a hit in terms of taking care of our parks, maintaining our parks. Uh, on the, the um, April ballot, there's also going to be something for tops, trails and open spaces. And uh, I hope people will vote for that. It's no increase in the sales tax. It's one cent on a dollar. Uh, that's going to go for open, you know, for buying open space and trails and taking care of that on tops. It was on the November ballot and it didn't pass because we were doubling the tax. This time we're not including the, you know, you know increasing the tax at all, but we're in fact going to have, uh, I think, a much better opportunity uh, to get open space and trails for our citizens. Absolutely, it's definitely one of those things that you know you'd mentioned. The, the service has definitely taken a hit um, after the recession, but really post-pandemic, we've really seen the value and just how much more use we're starting to see now. So it is a very delicate balancing act. It is, and I, I think we're coming out of that pandemic now, and people are getting out and, and uh, enjoying our environment. Absolutely. Well, Tom, we are approaching the um, the end of our time here. If people, again, want to get more information about you, reach out. Uh, what's the best way to uh, get involved? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me would be, again, uh, my uh, uh, my email address, tomstrand19 at yahoo.com, uh, or they can contact me at 719-210-1607, my personal number. Perfect. Well, Tom Strand, uh, one of the candidates for the Colorado Springs mayor's position as well as the president of the city council, really appreciate the uh, time sitting down here and uh, discussing this important race with me. My pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you so much. That does it here for the Extra on KRDO News Radio. We have the Tom Martino Show still ahead right here on KRDO News Radio.